It's a terrible fate we must all endure. It's known far and wide as high school. This world is a strange one. Here's a good idea. Let's take hundreds of kids with raging hormones who are smack dab in the middle of puberty into one building with like 20 faculty members. What could go wrong? Well, obviously a lot of horrifying things can go down. Let's take a look at some allegedly true scary stories from high school. Remember, you can send your Thanksgiving horror stories at reddit.com slash r slash darkness prevails. And just in case you missed it, I introduced a new series of videos I'll be starting called Fear Facts. You can click this card to watch that video and find out what your chances of dying at any given moment might be. Number one, Creepy School Stalker, submitted by Hannah. I was 16 years old. I was very shy and antisocial. I was in the 10th grade at the time, and I didn't really talk very much. One day in the first week of school or so, I was in tech class on my computer. They gave us some free time to do what we want, so I was using a paint app, drawing cats or something along those lines. When suddenly our teacher announces a new project, we had to make a poster, but we would need a partner for this project. I never liked working with others, so I wasn't looking forward to it, and I had no idea who my partner would be. Apparently, our teacher would be choosing our partners for us. He randomly chose this strange kid for me. He had a very stalkerish vibe to him, and honestly, I felt a bit bad for judging him, based solely on his looks. He blankly stared at me when we sat down to start on the poster. I just shrugged it off because I often got strange looks from people. They saw me as an outcast and usually as long as I didn't have to interact with them, I didn't mind. But something about the way he looked at me, it didn't seem right, not to mention the way he looked overall. He was a sloppy looking person with stains all over him. He was about six feet tall so he towered over me at five foot three. I tried to break the silence, tried to talk to him, saying what we should do about the poster, but he would just stare at me as I talked, only saying okay every now and then. When it was time for lunch, I rushed to the cafeteria, but he followed me. When I sat down to eat, he sat uncomfortably right next to me. I mean, it was so close our shoulders were touching. And when I scooted away from him, he just moved closer until we were touching again. And all the while he would look at me, breathing heavily through his mouth, and I could smell his horrible breath. After lunch, I lost him in the exiting crowd, but somehow he had beat me back to the classroom and he was already waiting on me. He was still staring. After class, I began walking to my next one when he stopped in front of me and asked, uh, can I ask you something? I said, okay, obviously weirded out and nervous. He then said, would you be, would you be my girlfriend? I stood there shocked. I barely knew the guy, 
and he asked the question in a demanding voice as if it wasn't a question. I said politely, sorry, but uh, no. Then I walked away quickly. I looked behind him to see him glaring at me with this hostile, murderous gaze. To be honest, it scared me a little bit. I turned away quickly and went to my class. The next day, I saw him talking with some other kids. I heard him say that I was in fact his girlfriend. This upset me, so I walked up to him and yelled, why are you lying like that? He just looked at me with a creepy grin, then walked away. The way he smiled, it gave me chills. Later on, I asked my friend about it, and she said to ignore him, to tell him off next time, and that I was just being paranoid. Luckily for me, though, the next day he wasn't at our tech class. I decided to ask one of the other students if he was sick or something like that, but the kid replied, no, he went to the counselor for a schedule change, I think. I said thanks and I took my seat. The biggest wave of relief swept over me. Was he getting out of my class? After asking me out, he must feel too awkward to come back, I thought. It was over. I didn't have to deal with the strange guy anymore. At that moment, I didn't know how wrong I was. Because when I headed to my eighth period class, I saw him sitting in there. He had changed classes, just so he could see me as often as possible. I was freaked out by this when I saw him, and I sat in my chair, trying to work and ignore him, but all I could do was think about what was going on. I thought, what kind of person would go to this level of stalking? Before I know it, he gets up from his chair and sits right next to me. During this class, our teacher decides to ask us to work in the hallway. What we were working on required a lot of room, and some of us were allowed to work in the hallway if we wanted to. I'm working out in the hallway of my classwork when I suddenly hear girls inside the class yelling angrily. I go to the door of the classroom, which is still open, and I peek inside. The same creepy kid is touching these girls, and one of them turned around and slapped him. Even still, he would just do it over and over. I run over to him and told him to stop, but he just turns and he makes that creepy smile again. He walks right over to me and he does something I never even saw coming. He grabs me by the shoulders and forces me to kiss him. I try to pull away, but he bites my lip and as I yank away from him, I feel this overwhelming sting coming from my lip. Once I struggle free, I punch him as hard as I can in his face. He falls to the ground, but he's still smiling up at me. I run to the creature, holding my mouth, and I tell her everything that happened. She rushes over and grabs the guy, then practically drags him to the principal's office. He was suspended for just a week, but when he came back, he was silent. He stared at me with a creepy smile as always. One day after school, I was walking to the front exit when I see him following me from a distance. I tried to ignore him and I kept walking. 
When I was outside walking away from the school towards my home, I turned a corner, looked back over my shoulder, only to see him following me still. When I began to walk faster, he does the same, keeping pace with ease. I'm starting to panic because it's getting dark outside fast and there was no telling what this crazy guy would do if it got dark. Better yet, I wouldn't be able to keep an eye on him. So I decide to go to the first place I can that might have people in it, some place I can get help or at least feel safe. I see a store and I walk inside heading into the bathroom. I lock myself in a stall for about 15 to 20 minutes, but my phone was dead, so I couldn't call my family for help. Eventually, when I get my courage back up, I poke my head out of the bathroom and I begin to cautiously make my way outside. I was only a few steps out the door when I saw his creepy face peeking out at me from behind a tree. I try to make a break for it, running full speed all at once, but before I can run past him, he steps out in front of me, forcing me to come to a stop. I just blew up on him. I yelled, what do you want with me? My heart was pounding, but he replied, I need to show you something. He points to the ditch behind the same tree he was at. I can clearly see that there is rope sticking out from behind it. My blood turns to ice. I say to him, no thanks, you creep but he keeps trying to persuade me to come back there. I say no again, but this time he begins to walk closer to me. I shove him and bolt down the sidewalk. Now I was looking for anyone else, any other people or cars, but there's no one on the streets, no one I can run to. The kid is screaming behind me and chasing me. I turn around another corner to see my mom driving down the road. I never believed in miracles more than that moment. I run into the middle of the road, forcing her to stop, and I get inside her car. She's panicked and worried. I can see the expression on her face, but I just tell her to hightail it down the road. She had come looking for me because I was late getting home, and all I could do was hug her and cry into her shoulder as she drove. I'm forever grateful to my mother, when I got back to the school the next day, the kid was gone, and I didn't see him there for the rest of the year. It was later on that I learned what happened to him. The same night he followed me, he had went to the park and kidnapped a young girl. He tried to hide her in an old rent house, but he was caught, and now he's in juvie, also thanks to a bunch of drug charges he apparently had. When they questioned him about his kidnapping, he admitted something that made my blood run cold. He said he only kidnapped that girl because he couldn't get me. God, I hope I never see him again. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. 
You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 2. The Creepy Classmate Submitted by Shadia Demon I always thought I lived in a nice neighborhood, in a town where the worst person you could meet was someone with a twisted sense of humor and nothing more. Well, that's what I thought until my junior year of high school. My algebra class was filled with different kinds of people despite it being a small class. There were the girls who care more about selfies than doing their work. There were the goth guys who were pretty chill when you got to know them. Then there were the rebellious guys who were always late to class. I didn't fit into any of these groups. I'm more of a tomboy and I don't see myself as a superficial person like many of the girls at our school. And neither did Tank. Tank was a boy who, at the time, I felt he was the only person in that class I could actually get along with, the only person that understood me. I just didn't get along well with the other people. He was really good at math too, so whenever I was stuck on a problem or I missed how to do a problem in class, I always knew Tank would help me out. When we did big group projects, he was always my go-to guy, even if I knew what we were doing. But when we were done with our work, we would talk about anything we liked, and that's how I found out we had a lot in common. We loved creepypasta for one thing. But his biggest passion seemed to be talking about weapons and how much he knew about them. I didn't really see this as a red flag because there are people out there who are into weapons like guns and swords, people who would never imagine hurting other people. But as he talked about weapons, that's when I should have been listening to his red flags. Sometimes Tank would talk about how he could use a pencil as a weapon, how you could stab people with it. Two things I vividly remember him saying are, it's ironic, weapons aren't allowed at schools, yet so many things here can be used as weapons. He looked at me and gave me this smile and said, anything can be used as a weapon. The latter was very true, but me being stupid, I brushed it off. I was thinking he wanted to brag about some things he heard on TV or something. Another red flag of his that I apparently ignored was how Tank talked about his grandmother who lived with him. He always complained about how she was lazy and never did anything but watch TV. All the while, she told Tank to do things that she could have easily done herself, 
like get her water and make her food every time she was thirsty or hungry. And he admitted to me, he said to me he wanted to kill her. But idiotically, I sympathized with him and I thought his want to kill her was just exaggerated. Still, this wasn't the worst thing about this twisted individual. What I should have taken note of, but didn't, was when he said he would love to destroy the school itself. It did unnerve me a little bit, but I didn't take the hint. Before I go on, I need to say this. If you're a student, and anyone says they want to hurt someone or destroy the school, even if you hate the place with a burning passion, you need to tell an adult. Even if the place is filled with teachers and students who could care less about you, please let someone know someone is intending violent behavior before things get worse. Don't be like I was. Don't simply brush it off. Later on, as my junior year was mere months away from ending, I began to notice that Tank had stopped showing up at class. At first, I thought he'd gotten sick, but as the days passed by, he never showed up. Soon, I was approached by a man from the dean's office, who I'll call Mr. Baldwin. Now, this man was outgoing, but he was a very serious man still. Nobody messed with him unless they were students who stupidly thought they were better than everyone else. He took me into his office, which scared me because I thought I screwed up at something, because, as you can tell, screwing up is what I do best. Mr. Baldwin told me I wasn't in trouble, but he did have some very important questions to ask me. He asked me if Tank told me that he had plans to take down the school, and at that moment, everything hit me like a Japanese bullet train. I told Mr. Baldwin that he did, but I never thought he would actually harm someone. I could feel my heart pounding in my chest when I told him this. After a few more questions, he sent me back to class. I later heard that Tank got suspended from school and he would be in juvenile detention after harming an old woman and robbing her with another student. I also learned that Tank had a stockpile of guns and ammunition in his home, items that his family didn't know he had. I really hope that Tank is getting the help he really needs, but I also hope he stays far away from other people because I honestly believe that we narrowly dodged a school shooting. Number three, my school weirdo, submitted by Jazz. I'm a 14-year-old freshman. There's this guy at our school named Daniel. Now, Daniel is a big guy, he wears the same gray hoodie every day, but he wears it with shorts, which is already kind of weird. But to each his own, I guess. Still, Daniel is not your average weird. He's really weird. It's hard not to notice him throughout the year. I mean, who hasn't at this point? I always thought Daniel was funny to look at. It's just the things he does that I find funny, but others might not. It might be because of my darker sense of humor. Daniel does this thing where he sneaks up on people. He even followed one of my friends all the way home before. It's kind of creepy, 
and no one really gets the joke except him. It wasn't until a few weeks ago that I finally had an actual conversation with Daniel. I didn't really mind approaching him. Unlike my friends, I don't mind taking risks. I don't really mind confrontation. So I started to ask him questions. Every time I'd see him creeping up on someone, I would go over and ask him a question. Questions like, why are you following them home? Or why are you acting like that? It's kind of weird. Or just other random questions. I do this to get a laugh out of people and because I'm honestly curious, but his response and reaction, it's very, very creepy. This one day when he noticed that one of our friends wasn't at school, we jokingly asked what he had done to her. He replies with a wink, then says, you don't want to know what I did with the body. Sometimes Daniel just walks around in circles or disturbs random people as usual. There was this one time he grabbed me by the hand. I yanked away, pulling myself from his grasp, and I laughed nervously. It creeped me out, but I just brushed it off. I just thought, as long as he doesn't actually hurt me, I guess I'm okay. But the way he looked at me without smiling, the way he made eye contact with me, something told me that what he does to people is no joke, that we find it funny because all of us are in denial. I used to see Daniel as a regular human being trying to seek the attention of other people, the only way he really knew how, by being weird. But most others didn't see him that way. He disturbs my friends and many others. He sneaks up on people and lays his hands on people. But all of it came to a climax that somehow we still didn't expect. He was once suspended for a couple of weeks for stalking one of the students' home and strangling her cat. Since then, we all look at him a little differently. We all know he needs help, but we're scared to say anything, scared of what he might do. There's something wrong with Daniel, and I'm worried that he's going to follow someone home, and it's not going to be their cat that he strangles. Number four, my haunted home and haunted high school, submitted by Corndog. I'm a very firm believer in the paranormal, and I have very good reasons for that. You see, my house was built a while ago, maybe 20 or so years ago. The main floor is simple, a living room and kitchen with a hallway and three bedrooms. From the kitchen, you go downstairs where two of the incidents happened. Another happened upstairs and two more at my high school. I'm not entirely sure if they're related, but I'm honestly very afraid that whatever it is is attached to me and not the school and my house. When I was around eight years old, that's when the activity first began. I had a lot of Legos in my basement and when I'd go to bed, I would set up the people in a scene. When I would come back down to the basement to play the next day, the people were moved, somewhere all the way across the room. It freaked me out a little bit, but I shrugged it off. I was too young to keep that in my mind for too long, even though I knew for a fact 
that no one else had been down there. There were times I'd watch the door. After setting my Legos up, waiting for someone to go down there and mess with them. But even after no one went inside and I went back downstairs to the basement, the Legos would be moved. They'd still be upright, but it would look like someone had moved the little men and women to other places, as if someone had been playing with them besides me. I mean, if it was vibrations or an earthquake moving the toys, they would just fall over, not walk on their own across the room. Anyway, a year or so later, my brother Ronnie and I, we were playing war with our Lego people when the lights in the room began to flicker. It wasn't just one light that flickered though. That's what scared us. Every single light and electronic in the room flickered at the same time. Ronnie and I then ran upstairs, but we didn't go back down until we had toy swords with us. They made us feel safer. We even asked our mom and dad about the electrical issues, and they said that they had no idea what we were talking about. Apparently, it had only happened in the basement. The third incident at home happened over just six months ago. I'd gotten up at 4.45 in the morning to get some help for my chemistry class before classes started. I was eating some breakfast, and I was the only one awake in the house. Suddenly, I heard a small thumping coming from downstairs. I got a little freaked out and finished my breakfast quickly before fast walking back to my room. But when I go back to my room, I have to pass the basement door. And the closer I got to that door, the faster the thumping got. Because of that, I ran a little quicker. But I still couldn't go back to sleep because I was so freaked out. Later that same morning when I had to leave for school, I was walking out the door and I turned around to make sure all the lights in the house were off. They were, but in the dim sunrise light, I saw something. I saw a shadowy human figure standing on the far side of my kitchen and they were facing towards me. It was such a sudden sight, such a frightening one, that I slammed the door and ran to school. I wasn't about to go back in that house at the time, not with that shadowy thing standing there. That brings me to the happenings at my high school, because things couldn't just stop once I left my house. One day I was working set construction for our fall musical, and only three people were back there. Two were in the green room and one was on the stage. No one else was in that part of the school. I suddenly heard the metallic sound of footsteps on metal from above. Instinctively, I looked up, as anyone would have, and I swear to God I saw the same sort of shadowy figure pacing back and forth on the catwalk. I could see the details of every object around it, but to me, the form itself was nothing but a black silhouette. I ran to the loft to check the door, but it was still locked and the only person who had a key was in the green room still. That means it was still just the three of us. If that was the case, then who or what did I see on the catwalk? Another experience is related to our costume closet. We refer to it as Narnia. The seniors always tell the incoming freshmen not to go into Narnia alone. Of course, when I was a freshman, I didn't listen. 
and during rehearsal, I went up to Narnia and I went inside alone. I walked all the way to the back where most of the activity is said to happen. You see, I didn't believe the stories people told and I thought they were just trying to scare the freshmen, but I was about to learn the hard way because when the clothes started to move around me on their own, when I was in fact the only other person in there, I ran out nearly screaming. A year after that, after my disbelief had been abandoned, I went up with a friend and an infrared camera. I went all the way to the back of the costume room, back to Narnia, checking every single row of clothes along the way. Nothing. I saw no one or nothing in there. I was disappointed but relieved at the same time. I began to walk back, and as I passed the second row, I felt a cold draft that hadn't been there before. I turned the camera around on infrared, and I picked up something horrifying. It was a blue figure directly across from me. As I glanced away from the camera into the direction of the room, there was no one there, but the camera very clearly showed a person in the room with me. I watched in horror on the camera as the blue figure raised its arm and pointed towards the exit, telling me silently that I had to leave. And you better believe that I listened. I ran out of there again as fast as I could. Thanks to these experiences, I don't think I can ever disbelieve in the paranormal. I know what I saw. I know what I felt. Either something is following me or my house and school both happen to be haunted. I don't know which one is more horrifying. Until you graduate, it's all up to you to make sure you survive high school. Between bullies, exams, and pop quizzes, there are apparently killers, psychos, stalkers, and even evil spirits you'll have to worry about as well. So shove a crucifix in your backpack and shower every morning in holy water because high school is apparently survival and you have to be prepared. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your Thanksgiving horror stories at reddit.com slash r slash darkness prevails. Thank you.